Hello, my name's Abby and welcome to this PISD Board of Trustees candidate session. This is for place three. So I hope you've already watched our place one and place two um, candidate sessions. This is place three and today I'm going to introduce you to Nancy Humphrey, who is the incumbent for this place and Lynn Walling, who is the um, her opponent for your vying for your vote. So early voting starts April 19th and the uh, big election day is May 1st here in uh, the city of Plano. Uh, so you will be uh, looking to choose one of these two candidates for place three for PISD Board of Trustees. And today I'm going to give the candidates a chance to introduce themselves and then I'm going to ask them nine questions. Uh, they are the same questions that I've asked to every previous candidate for this, these positions, as there should be no crazy surprises, um, but I'm very, very in interested and excited to hear from both of them and hope you'll uh, be able to ask them questions as well in the feed. Um, so I'm going to start off by asking you, Lynn, to introduce yourself. Hi, uh, thank you, Abby, first off, for having me in Plano Moms. Um, my name is Lynn Walling. I'm running for Plano Board of Trustees, place three. I've always been really passionate about giving back, and I also care deeply about America and America's future, and right now, America's future is sitting in the classroom. Um, I myself attended first through 12th grade in Plano schools, and I just want to make sure that students receive an even better education than I did, um, and that their needs as well as teacher needs are always put first. I want to be able to provide innovation, encouragement, and support um, as best as I can to truly make a difference. And I just decided to run this time because I feel like the only way to actually make a difference is to step up and get involved. So, yeah. Thank you very much, Lynn. And Nancy, please introduce yourself. All right, thank you. Um, Abby, thank you for having us and providing this outlet and to the plane of moms who are listening because it's really um, a difficult campaign being that it's a pandemic. So this is a great opportunity and I appreciate being here. I'm running for reelection because I wanna continue my service in the community. I will continue to give voice to the community that has trusted me for uh, three previous terms or 11 years. I believe education is the most important key to an individual's pros economic prosperity. And I am committed to continue my service to ensure that Plano ISD continues its, its tradition of excellence in serving all students. I also serve the stakeholders of the district who Although they may not have children in the schools, they contribute their share of property taxes that fund the district. Having an excellent school district in Plano um, is the number one reason people come to the area. So I bring 11 years of serving as trustee in all positions. I have extensive knowledge about school finance and our district's budget. I'm a retired CPA, so I can read and interpret financial statements. And I have very many connections throughout the community and across Texas, whether it's with uh, state and federal legislators, chambers of commerce members, nonprofits, and other school districts, as well as parents in the district. So um, my experience is fast, and I think we need to have stability of leadership on the school board. So I'm hoping that you will vote for me on May 1 in place three, Nancy Humphrey. Thank you very much, both of you. And um, and I want to, before I jump into these questions, acknowledge the effort and energy it takes to uh, put yourself in this position to run for the Board of Trustees. So thank you both very much for doing that. Um, so Lynn, why is now the right time for you to join the Board of Trustees? Um, the best way to take care of the future is to take care of the present moment. So there's that saying, there's no better time than the present, which is now. Um, I have the time to devote to actually, um, you know, really helping out the school and school board right now. Um, I bring a fresh new voice and perspective to the table, which I think the board could really use. Um, I'm on the younger side, but uh, I feel like I have um, that great ability to talk to anyone, no matter what age they are or where they come from. Um, Kidding with people is something that's always been a specialty of mine. Um, I just feel like uh, right now we really need to work, the board really needs to work on um, 
really building strong relationships with the community and building a foundation of trust um, because you, we are seeing a uh, decline in enrollment and there's reasons for that. And so I just want to make sure that um, the people who I, if elected, the people who, um, you know, elected me, they know that their voices are heard and they're represented and I work for them. Thank you very much, Lynn, for your answer. And um, Nancy, I mean, you've, you've been on the board for a long time. So why is now the right time for you to remain on the board of trustees? Okay, well, I think it, I said it before, we need stability of leadership on the board. With 11 years of experience, I've been board president, I've been vice president and secretary, and the skills and relationships that I have in this community are valuable to the community. Um, I am passionate about education. It's the most important thing that anyone can have. It's, it's, you can't take it away. I think that Gandhi said that. You can't take away a person's education. And it's part of our democracy that we have an educated populace. So um, it's plain and simple. Everything I do is about education. I'm full of energy. I may not be young, I may be, I don't think I'm old, but <laughs> I'm very um, experienced and I have the full time to devote to this position and have done so for 11 years. Um, having the experience as a CPA, I have ex extreme experience regarding the financial and um, finances and budgeting process. I understand how bonds work. I understand how um, the, you know, property taxes work, and I've got the connections in the community and across the state. I have vast experience um, advocating for public education through six legislative sessions, and we're currently doing that right now. And I'm the chair of the legislative subcommittee on the board. A couple of years ago, I helped author a bill to, um, and I've testified before the House and Senate Education Committees, and I've been working for transparency and taxation, which we, I coined the phrase with some others called taxparency. When I talk about stability of leadership on the board, I have examples to back it up. And I can talk about those. I may be running out of time, but most importantly, I'm a mom. My husband and I are parents of two children who have graduated from Plano ISD and successfully completed college because PISD prepared them well. I've seen the process from kindergarten through graduation, and I know the district well. So a couple of those examples that I talked about, stability of leadership. We, um, I know a lot about the agreement that we made with Texas Instruments. And um, I think having me on the board really put the district in a good position because I had the experience from the last time we did one of those. Um, in 2010, I found an error that was made in the uh, refunding of bonds. And this error would have yielded a significant loss for our community and interest would still be paying, we'd still be paying the wrong interest today if I hadn't caught that error in 2010. And when I was first elected on the board, one of my passions was to ensure the community had a voice in matters. So even, even though I was a newbie on the board, I um, courageously proposed that we take public input on non-agenda items, and that changed, changed our board operating procedures. And so I gained consensus of the board, and it was very important to me that our community had a voice. And my tagline is listening to you, so that's very important to me. Thank you very much, Nancy. So Lynn, this is our second question. What does a yes. PISD Board of Trustee do? Uh, they do a lot of things. They make final decisions on district priorities, policies, uh, personnel, textbooks, expenditures, um, and also growth management. They also adopt a budget, and Nancy mentioned that in her last um, answer. Um, they also levy taxes to support the budget and uh, submit bond issues um, to the public. Thank you very much. And the same uh, question goes to you, Nancy. Okay, um, as she said, all of those functions are what the board does. And I wanna clarify for our audience that trustees in Plano serve at large. There are seven positions and we work together and no one board member has a, a singular voice. 
uh, we work to build consensus and we do everything through the lens of what is best for our students, our stakeholders and the teachers in the district. So there are four places up for election and you can vote for someone in each one of those four races, no matter where you live in Plano ISD. Now we do have specific duties um, and you know, just it's funny because we have every governmental duty in one way or the other. We have the legislative duty where we provide governance and oversight of management. We develop policy. Our judicial duty is that we hear grievances that reach to a level four. And our executive duty is one of the most important. We hire and manage the superintendent. So we review key data to ensure that learning is taking place as it should be and students are achieving outcomes that meet their potential. The board is intentional in driving the process to get equitable resources to our campuses. And it's important that the tone at the top be heard loud and clear that this board is about student outcomes and efficient resource deployment for student success. Therefore, the board has to be intentional in driving the process to get equitable resources to all campuses. We also help develop and um, develop the strategic vision of the district and our kids have to be life ready and the district must be able to provide an ex excellent education to each student while effectively managing those resources. So what I can do as a board member is stay tuned, do my homework, comb through the data, ask for data when I think there needs to be more and come prepared to every board meeting and ask pertinent questions to represent the best interests of every student in the district. Thank you for that, Nancy. So the reason I asked this question is because I think that there are so many mums listening who may be new to the area, they may be even new to the state or new to the country, like I was eight years ago, and don't, don't fully understand how the school district operates. And so I think it's very important for them to understand the role of a school board trustee. Um, so thank you both for giving your answers for that. So um, Nancy, I'm going to come back to you for this one. So prior to running for PISD school board, what was your experience with serving the PISD community? And how does that experience make you the right candidate for school board? And, and how are you different from the other candidates? Okay, well, I've been volunteer, volunteering all my life, whether as a high school student, volunteering at Children's Hospital or a college student mentoring high school students in Upward Bound, or when I first started my accounting career, I helped begin the furball for the SPCA of Texas. But um, here in Plano, first off, as a mom, um, as a, a mom of a kindergartner, I saw a need that our, um, our teacher was doing art on a cart. We didn't have a classroom. The, the building was a bit overcrowded because of growth. And so I jumped in and helped out the art teacher with kindergarten art. Can you imagine? <laughs> and then um, I volunteered in the workroom. I was laminating and making copies. When they found out I was a CPA, I became the treasurer. And so I've been, um, I was a member of PTA for 16 years in a row. As my two children progressed through their grades in Plano, I was room mom, art class assistant, lunchroom volunteer. I sewed the costume for all the costumes and two school plays. Um, I managed auctions, I schlepped snow cones at the socials and um, many things in between that I can't remember now. But um, I was PTA president at Murphy Middle School and when a seat opened up on the school board, people asked me and encouraged me to run. And so I've continued my service in that way. Um, I still was on the board and I was also the treasurer for the Williams High School Band Booster Club and the Cheyenne's Drill Team Booster Club. Um, you can't get away from it when they know you know numbers. <laughs> it's been an honor to serve my community for 11 years on the school board. And when I was uh, board president, one of the years, we were named honor board in region 10 and one of top, um, top five honor boards in the state of Texas. I've been an active member of Plano Rotary Club for 11 years and supported their many outreach efforts. I continue to be a member of, I think, eight PTAs right now because I know how important that is. I recently retired as executive director of Hendricks Scholarship Foundation, an organization that provides college scholarships to at-risk 
Plano ISD students. And um, I continue to volunteer there and I'm on the taste committee. Join us for a fun movie night on April 17th. Check the website for Hendricks Scholarship Foundation. Um, I completed Leadership Plano class 30. I served on the executive board of um, Circle 10 Boy Scouts of America. And I was on the advisory board before those eight years. And I currently still am the institutional head for Boy Scout Troop number 1776. I conducted third grade um, tours at the Heritage Farmstead Museum for eight years. And over the years, I've received a lot of awards. And most recently, I was named um, Plano PTA Council Honorary Life Member this March. And in, um, in November of last year, I was named the Athena Award at Plano Chambers Best of Plano Awards. And in 2019, the um, Boy Scout Circle 10 gave me the Silver Beaver Award, which is the highest award a volunteer can earn. So I've done a few things in our community and I'm happy to continue to serve and I have the energy. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm exhausted just from hearing all of that. Thank you so much, Nancy. Um, Lynn, the same question goes to you. Lynn, you're muted. <laughs> Lynn? You, I just realized I was muted. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I don't want to make noise while Nancy was talking. Um, my apologies, but um, I've done a lot of volunteer work throughout my life. Um, I've uh, volunteered at senior living facilities in Plano, uh, Plano Animal Services. Um, I've done a lot of park cleanups um, all over Plano. I've actually served as a volunteer in the greater DFW area as well. Um, I spent time as a junior achievement volunteer teaching financial and entrepreneurial skills to elementary um, students. I also was on a nonprofit board. It was called Friends of Friends of Wednesday's Child, uh, which was a young professionals board, but we assisted North, Tex North Texas foster children with um, having the right and proper education resources, you know, making sure they had school supplies and backpacks and everything they needed for the school year. Um, unfortunately, this last year with COVID kind of put a dent in being able to volunteer as much as I would like. Um, I'm just starting to get back into it now. I just recently joined a Plano Rotary Club and uh, am looking constantly looking for ways to get involved and to help the community out. And I feel like these experiences um, have allowed me to connect with people from all different types of backgrounds and ages and uh, has really taught me the importance of, you know, strong communication with all these people and and uh, also building relationships and and uh, keeping these connections for the future. Thank you very much, Lynn, that's great. So the fourth question, I'm gonna send this back to you, Lynn. Um, what PISD administrative uh, staff or prior school board members have you worked with in preparation for running for this position? I've worked with a lot of people, so I'm, I'm gonna spare you my really long, long like, individual name list, but um, I have connected with some Plano board members, um, current and retired teachers um, that I have personally had in the past, and then others, uh, people that I've been introduced to, had some phenomenal conversations. And I've actually even had conversations with board members from other states, um, you know, to see the differences and the similarities as or for how it is for running a school board. But even on top of that, even though they don't may not have school board experience, I've connected with a lot of moms in the Plano school district area. And I've had great conversations with uh, students right now, ranging from elementary school all the way to high school. So just to get a full perspective. Thank you very much, Lynn, that's great. So I've rephrased this question for you, Nancy, because you are an incumbent. Um, do you consult with PISD administrative staff, teachers and parents? And if so, how? Okay, sorry about that. It's the old mute button thing. Um, absolutely. I'm in actually constant 
contact with PISD administrative staff, teachers, parents all the time. In fact, um, today I was on a Zoom with the superintendent and it was a group that we belong to in the district regarding um, legislative priorities. And so we are working with the Texas School Coalition. So we were on that call together. Um, I work with our CFO, Randy McDowell, um, in helping develop the the metrics for the legislative priorities. And I also work with Teresa Williams about our talking points for legislative priorities. We're right in the middle of the 87th legislative session. And so that's um, a hot priority right now, active, you know, active priority. Um, and I, I'm in touch with administrative staff on a regular basis when I have questions about the board agenda and we email or phone call whenever we, I, whenever I have a question. Uh, just the other day, I had a, a citizen reach out from First, Beb, First Baptist Church wanting to find a way to connect with the school district as far as their June mission. And so I introduced her to Dr. Courtney Gober, who is our assistant superintendent for family, student and community engagement. And um, I work with Beth Brockman. She is our assistant superintendent for uh, human services, basically. And I just asked her, <clears throat> excuse me, a question the other day about one of the policies that we approved last night in the board meeting. And we, we you know, that's the, one of the biggest tools I have as a trustee is to ask good questions. Because like I said earlier, we don't manage the district, but we are there to make sure that the district is properly managed. And so our biggest, best tool is to ask good questions. So I, I reach out to staff members all the time. Um, let's see, today a teacher gave me a phone call and had a question about something that took place at last night's meeting. And um, <clears throat> last night I, I met with a principal at, at our meeting for a few minutes to talk about Head Start. And there's, oh, there's my little head start porcupine. <laughs> um, I reach out to, parents reach out to me all the time. I get emails and phone calls. Recently, I got a phone call from a, a woman who was concerned about the fact that buses are sitting idling in front of Panera. And I, I called her back and I, I said, you know, the reason the buses do that, they're waiting for their next route. We run three tiers of buses every day. And so they have to be on time at the next place. Um, so they have to kind of wait ready to go for that next round. And so then she was like, oh, okay, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. And I didn't know what the explanation was, but I'm always there. When anyone has a question, I respond to their phone call or their email, I listen. And if, um, if they have a question that I can't answer, or if they have something that they need a resolution to, I consider myself a piece of Lego. I'm a connector. So I connect people to where they can find the solution that they need. And I make certain that things are followed back up with me to make sure they got the connection that they needed. Um, I also reach out and talk to the internal auditor. And I was on the uh, chair of the audit committee for 10 years. So um, right now we're conducting listening rounds to um, listen to our community. And I've, I've been on four hours of listening rounds, welcoming the comments that we have from our community. So that's a, that's a few things that I've been doing. Thank you very much, Nancy, for the answer. So question number five. So I'm gonna pass this back to you, Nancy, um, to start with. Um, if faced with another similar pandemic to COVID-19, which I hope doesn't happen again in our lifetime. Um, how would you like to see the school district respond? Well, I, like you, hope it, was, it never happens again. Um, and, you know, I was, I was there through the whole process. Um, and I remember on March 13th, you know, we were in spring break at the time, which was a little bit fortuitous because it gave us a couple of days to get ready, <laughs> but that's about all we had. Um, I will say that being prepared is the key. Um, nobody ever wants to be in a position of a pandemic, but I will say that our board is very intentional about being prepared. Our district is prepared. We have a three-year technology plan that we, the board approves every three years. And that makes certain that our technology in the schools is current. And that's why we were able to have Chromebooks one-to-one -one for every student 
the day they came back from spring break or didn't come back, but you know what I'm saying, when they returned to class virtually. Um, and by May 1st, we had 100% connectivity. And that was because we were able to engage with our um, technology dollars and buy hotspots and engage with people like Capital One who were able to um, donate some of those. But um, I, I tell you what's really key about being prepared is being able to maintain a fund balance. You just never know um, if you're gonna have a freeze or, or tornado or, or whatever. So it's very important that PISD keep a healthy fund balance. And we have one right now. But there is a house, um, there's a bill in the House of Representatives that's being listened to right now, it's in committee, and they're trying to take away or limit our fund balance to 110 days operating expenses. So I'm concerned about that because that would limit our ability to be prepared if we're hit by another disaster. So I'm currently advocating to make sure that that bill doesn't pass. Um, I wanna make sure that we keep our staff trained currently. And that, you know, that's one fortuitous thing we have in uh, Plano is a great professional learning department. Um, we learned a lot from this experience and we know that our staff are resilient, but um, you know, it, it, was, it was not easy. And I will say that we're very happy that our students will all return face-to-face -face in the fall and um, we're excited for that. We've learned a lot from the pandemic and many things that we've learned this year will stay on. We've actually got some excellent videos that the teachers have put together that they can um, share with their students and create a library of videos for lessons. And um, one other important aspect about this pandemic is that, and this would hold true for any crisis or any, um, you know, if we had a tornado or anything like that, um, the, is the mental health of our students and staff. So it's fair to say that when we do all return to school in the fall, it will be different people. We will be different people than we were when we left. And so there's a need to support both students and staff to, rec to recognize the traumas that we've sustained and find ways to counsel and provide mental health supports to reestablish our school communities. And there are a lot of um, bills in the legislature right now to help get funding for that. And so we are advocating for that. But being prepared is very key. Thank you very much, Nancy. And the same question goes to you, Lynn. Yes, um, so I agree with both. I never go through this COVID thing again. Um, I think the most important thing to do first is look at the data that's being provided by medical professionals and, um, and by science. Um, no one, no one was prepared for COVID, not Plano school districts, not the country, not the state, no one. None of us saw that coming. Um, so, I mean, it did take everyone by surprise. Um, I think uh, before any drastic measures are taken, um, just first advocate for clean school environments um, and hand washing. I don't think it was a good, I, I mean, I, we had no choice, but I, hope that schools never shut down again. Um, and I don't think and I don't think school should ever go back to a hybrid model unless that's something that has been proven to work for the student and that's what they feel more comfortable in. Um, just because um, we saw mental health um, issues rise really high, um, not just in Texas, but across the country. Um, suicide jumped from the number three to number two leading cause of death for young adults, young people. Um, you saw um, students are now behind at least a year in education, if not more. Um, being a millennial, I grew up alongside technology. I experienced dial-up and, and huge desktop computers and Nokia brick phones, like going through school. So I, I, in the classroom, we learned how to work with technology. And I think technology is great. Um, but you cannot replace face to face interaction with a computer screen. And videos, same thing. 
videos are can get really really dull like we all anytime it was movie day in the classroom we just thought oh yes it's a free day we don't have to pay attention um so even the technology is amazing there are limitations on it and you have to be able to correlate it in an effective manner with the teachings that are happening in the classroom so um I, I just really want, because uh, social interaction is such a motivator for a lot of students. Um, I've had people tell me that because they had grade A students who were super involved and now they are hardly even able to get out of bed, which breaks my heart because, you know, school's already tough and then add in COVID and it just makes it like, I can't even imagine what they're going through. So um, just being around your peers, help, it helps students be more successful and want to be more involved in the classroom and what's being taught. So um, I say really listen to the science first, be as prepared as you can be, but uh, try to put the drastic measures off until the very end unless they're absolutely necessary. Thank you very much for the answer, Lynn. Okay, um, Lynn, I'm going to start number six with you. Um, PISD has had attention in the past due to a history of bullying and Sumerian's experience brought PISD back into the spotlight most recently. How could PISD do better when it comes to handling bullying fully and equally at all campuses? And what actions would you like to see happen in the future to further prevent bullying? I think uh, the district needs to take accountability. Um, and so if teachers are observing like any bullying behavior, uh, parents should immediately be notified. Um, I remember uh, or even like having a mediator session um, between each student and, and a counselor and potentially even the parents just to kind of maybe work out the issues of why this bullying is taking place. I also think that if a parent is to go to a school and address like tell the school, hey, my child is being bullied. Uh, teachers should take an active, you know, response um, and, and remain uh, vigilant and observing, you know, each student and making sure, you know, like everything's okay. Um, I would like to see better school counselors, um, ones where that are really able to connect with the students and um, so the students feel comfortable and safe going to them with any issues they may have. Um, I do know one of the hardest things about the most recent issue is um, technology. This is also why I'm not always a huge fan of technology. Technology has their cyberbullying now and, and it's terrible. And I don't have a solution to cyberbullying yet, but I hope to come to one um, because with social media nowadays, it's such a, a huge issue. Um, so maybe look for solutions to how we can, you know, make it or, make it not exist in the cyber world as well. Um, so yeah, just be responsible, be observant. Um, you know, really, I think teachers have the ability to really connect with their students and if they form relationships with them, at least that student knows they have someone in the school system advocating for them. Thank you very much, Lynn. And that same question goes to you, Nancy. Alrighty. Um, well, I think first and foremost, we have to listen to the community um, and, and be there, be available for the students because the, it is the school district's first priority to create a safe environment for all students. And um, so there, because of the question you've asked, I, I would say that what we should do, and I think that the district is doing currently, is to investigate and thoroughly gain all of the facts. Um, I will say we can't gather all our news from social media. And so um, I know that the Plano PD is currently conducting an investigation. I know that um, the, the Plano ISD is required by policy to um, begin an investigation as soon as they hear a report of bullying. And within 10 days, they're required to have that investigation be finalized. So that process has been done. And then currently, I know that the Plano ISD has hired a third party investigator, somebody from the outside who is um, impartial to look at prior um, 
events that have been brought forward and make sure that there are no gaps in our process. And if there are gaps, we need to take account, ah, I can't talk, accountability for that if the facts support, support that. Um, as a board member, I would ensure that the administration is carrying out the policy and is consistent among all of our campuses. Um, that's, that's key, the consistency is key. Um, we have to be able to communicate with the, the public and explain what the policies are and the steps to um, report it and let parents understand that as well as students understand that. Whether they're um, a witness or a victim, they need to know how to report it. All of that is on our website. So I encourage if anybody's watching this, please go and check that out and understand what the processes are. And also you have to know that there are privacy laws, FERPA, that um, prevent the district from discussing. Everybody wants to know what are the, um, you know, the consequences. And those are between the student and the district and the parent of that student. And um, there are privacy laws about that, that the district has to follow. But um, I would ask that the administration develop the plans to make certain that this doesn't happen again. Um, and I wanna continue to emphasize our diversity, equity, and inclusion um, training. And I will explain in a minute what we do, but I think empathy is so important. And um, we're dealing with young people who are growing up and you know, you learn by making mistakes. So um, when they do make a mistake, let's fix that. Let's let them understand what empathy is and learn about social and emotional lessons that we teach, we embed into the curriculum. But um, I think teaching students empathy for another, putting yourself in their shoes and seeing how they would feel is so important. Um, I would also ask that the board get a quarterly report from all of the um, tip line reports, they're anonymous, but I'd like to understand if there are trends so that the board at a top level can see where things might need to be implemented differently. Um, so one of the things that I'm really interested in, and there's a house bill, I forget, 1024, I think, um, requires the um, district to add the QR code for our tip line, as well as the crisis hotline for suicide prevention, on the back of a student's ID card. I think that's a tremendous idea. And that puts that in the hands of the students at the time they need it. Um, so the training that we have currently, it's called cultural competency and it's a three-year rotation. We have 7,000 employees and everybody goes through that. But um, we need to make sure that the topics remind us to be culturally competent. And so in 2018-19 school year, the topic was on eliminating implicit bias. In the 2019-20, um, the, the topic was stories matter so that the staff could share stories about themselves and understand to develop workplace respect. And this year, the third level is focusing on relationships and empathy. And so empathy is so important. Um, I am a very open-minded candidate and I support, you know, making sure that we have a safe environment for every student on every campus. Thank you very much, Nancy. So you did overlap a little in the next question, but I'm gonna bring that back to you now. Um, what does diversity, equity and inclusion mean to you? And if elected, how would you advocate for diversity and inclusion practices and policies across the board? Okay, um, well, you know, if you're looking for definitions, diversity is the presence of differences. And um, equity is promoting fairness and justice for all equally. <laughs> and um, inclusion is that all people, regardless of diversity, feel welcomed. And so DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, means that every person is valued and every person is accepted for who they are and not judged by any differences that may be perceived. Um, we need to ensure that students are taught empathy. I said that earlier, but I can't say it enough actually um, because they are learning and they are going to make mistakes and the, the mistakes they make could hurt others. 
And so we're trying to teach them um, to understand the other person and their story. It's important for board members to understand the importance of this because the board is the one that contributes to the vision and goals of the district. And like I said earlier, it's a top down. Trustees have to be aware of all students needs and that's capital A-L-L, not excluding anyone. Um, I believe the district has to embrace a sense of belonging for all and provide that secure environment that, the, that facilitates that learning process. Kids can't learn if they don't feel safe, plain and simple. There needs to be a continuous process to expand this culture of inclusiveness because we have to teach, teach values to embrace that sense of belonging for all. It must be a continuous process because people and staff move in and out of the districts. So you can't ignore it ever. And um, as a member of the board of trustees, I'm really, I'm really proud. And it was an intentional effort of the board last June um, to, you know, continue the leadership that we have, but we began um, a, a process and came up with a resolution that the board adopted in June of 2020. And the, the title of that is the resolution to enhance and nurture a culture of empathy, caring and advocacy for our diverse learning community. I think the title that's all you have to know. We, we embrace that. And there is a lot of whereas's and therefores and so on. But um, I think that, like I said, it has to start at the top. And that's, that's what we did in action to some of the events that are taking place in our country right now. Um, we stated, and I believe that Plano ISD remains committed to equity and embraces the diversity of the community that we live in. Um, there, there are probably almost a hundred languages spoken in our district and represented a lot of different cultures and being mindful of that. And, um, you know, as a board, we look at the calendar every year and we are very intentional about religious holidays and trying not to impede on those. And it's hard because they're, you know, we, we look at the five largest religions and we really work on those. And I'm sure we can't make it 100% perfect for everyone, but it's an intentional process that we go through. And um, everything we do is to develop a, nur a, a nurturing community in our schools. And I want our kids to feel welcome and safe and connected and valued. So I'm not sure if I answered all of it. Um, what else was there? What would the board, how would you advocate? Well, I think I've shown how I have advocated and I believe it to be so very important because kids can't learn if they don't feel safe. Thank you very much, Nancy. That is a very big question, I know. Um, and I'm gonna ask that question of you now, Lynn. Yes, um, so actually uh, the only words that matter to me are respect and character. Um, the golden rule, treat others how you wanna be treated. Um, I feel like the only thing that anyone should ever truly focus on is someone's character. We shouldn't judge someone what they look like, what they believe, we should only look at their character and their merit. Um, and I mean, I was taught that from a young age and I feel like focusing, like having a narrow-minded focus of like really paying attention to the differences of everyone is only exasperating the, the differences. Um, rather than that, let's look at what's on the inside because um, that's what matters the most. Um, I feel like just, um, I mean, I remember in elementary school, I went to Jackson Elementary. And so we had the We Are Family song, like, uh, as our, like, little theme song at Jackson. And it's just like, we are one giant family. And um, we are always taught, the golden rule was repeated over and over and over again to us, just treat others how you want to be treated yourself. And I think that should just be a standard lesson in the school district. Um, and doing that just unites people. So respect and character, that's what I care about the most. Thank you very much, Lynn. So I'm gonna ask the next question of you. Um, the pressure on our school finances is an ongoing issue due to Robin Hood. 
and the potential for school vouchers also being used outside of PISD for other types of schools. What is your view on protecting and advocating for PISD in this respect? Um, so unfortunately, the school board doesn't have the sole ability to repeal Robin Hood. However, uh, the board does have the ability to work with legislators in um, getting Robin Hood uh, repealed. So, um, but uh, I think something that the school board can do that would actually benefit Plano would be to um, eradicate chapter 313 agreements. And in those agreements, the school district is providing huge tax cuts to businesses to be built here. Um, you know, and those tax abatements last for at least 13 years, if not longer. That's a lot of property tax money that the school district is losing out on. Actually over um, in Texas per year, uh, schools are losing up to $1 billion a year. And that's causing the state to have to dip into um, school related funds. So if we got rid of the chapter 313 agreements, which Plano has the ability to do, um, they would actually be getting a lot more funding in the long run. Um, something else I think, um, I there's no reason to be fearful of school vouchers if uh, Plano schools are succeeding because uh, parents aren't gonna take their kids out of schools that are doing well. Um, so I am not against school vouchers um, as because if Plano remains as excellent as it's always been, then no one's going to feel the need to use the voucher. Thank you very much, Lynn. And the same question goes to you, Nancy. Okay. Um, let's see. Robin Hood and school vouchers, competition basically for our revenues is what you're saying. Um, in 1993, the state legislature created Robin Hood or it's really it was called recapture. That's the technical term for it. Now they've changed the name to, um, let's see, funds in excess of um, entitlement. <laughs> so they're trying to mask it under a different name. Yes, I would love to eliminate it. Um, Plano ISD has paid back since 1993 over $2.2 billion to Robin Hood or recapture. And I call it recapture tax. And so a, a couple of legislative sessions ago, I was on a subcommittee that co-authored what we call Taxparency Texas, which really, if you think about it, that's transparency and taxation, because we are, as local taxpayers, we are being taxed without representation. I mean, it's the old Boston Tea Party for crying out loud. So um, I felt it was really important and my fellow trustees felt it was very important to inform our local community about this. Um, I actually got language into a bill, but the bill didn't pass because the state re relies on recapture as a source of funding. And so when the recapture rate got so high, that the state was actually contributing less than, they were contributing about 40% to public education and they are constitutionally liable to provide a free and excellent education to all students in Texas. But yet the local taxpayers were spending or paying for 60% of that. So um, there was no, there is no transparency in how that is um, spent. We don't even know if the dollars that we send to Austin are spent on education. So it's a huge injustice for our local taxpayers. And I've been shouting it from the rooftops for 11 years. Um, I don't know that it's gonna go away because like I said, the state is relying on it as a source of revenue, but we did make some groundwork in the last legislative session in 2019, we got House Bill 3 and that helped reduce the contribution to re of local taxpayers so that we would balance the funding to at least a 50%. 50% comes from the state and 50% comes from the local taxpayer. Um, but Plano ISD provides an excellent education to all students and it provides innovative learning, choices in education, and it does it all in a financially transparent manner. And it utilizes 
economies of scale. And so I oppose any transfer of local taxpayer dollars out of the public education system. And um, when you talk about vouchers, I can't only talk about vouchers, I have to also mention charters. And I want people to understand who are listening to this call, the difference between a charter and a voucher is a charter school is a public school. They receive public funding for um, their school system. But some of the, the problem is, is that they're not providing better student outcomes than the public schools are. In fact, in Plano ISD, I think there's four charters and they, several of them are C and B. There's only one that's A and it serves 160 students. So the question I ask is why should our taxpayers fund a duplicative system of education if it doesn't yield a better outcome? The TEA data, you know, facts, show that the outcomes are not better across the state. And we know they're not in Plano. Um, and furthermore, charter schools are not governed by publicly elected boards. They, um, their management is a private management company um, and taxpayer dollars are going to fund that. And that is, it removes the democratic local control of public education. Um, so there's a lot I can say. They're managed by self-appointed officials. And they actually, on average, receive $1,150 more per student than the districts in which they are located. Um, a lot of more, a lot more to talk about it, but I, I could go on for days about charters. But vouchers, um, vouchers are public funds that, I mean, sorry, private taxpayer dollars that fund private schools. And um, public funds shouldn't be spent on private schools. And people argue that they want their property taxes, their dollars to follow their student. And I, I can see that, but you know, we, we're gonna take away from the public ed for every student that leaves, the dollars go with them. And we aren't able to fund our public education system. And um, I ask people, you know, when you go to the gas station and you fill up your car and you pay you know, you pay for that gas, a lot of it is taxes, fuel taxes. And those are um, to fund roads and bridges. And so I say, well, do you think that you can determine which road or bridge is gonna be funded with the taxes that you pay when you pump it, the, you know, pump the gas into your car? So um, our democracy depends on an educated populace and taxpayer dollars should not provide funding for private schools. Thank you very much for that answer, Nancy. So this is the final question for both of you. Um, and I am going to start with you, Lynn. Uh, with declining school registrations at the pre-K and kinder levels, an aging population, and school finance tied to attendance, what can PISD do better in retaining and attracting more students to be enrolled than maybe choosing other options like homeschooling or charter or private schools? So I'm a big fan of always doing research. Um, so what I'd like to do is research um, school districts that are doing well um, and look to see what exactly is causing them to be doing so well. Um, are there ways that Plano schools can emulate that in any way? Um, and then also I think just investing in teacher development is something that could um, really benefit Plano in retaining students. Um, because each student learns in a different way. You know, it's not a one size fits all type thing. And I, um, and I, my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes is the largest room in the world is room for improvement. So, um, you know, we can always learn more. We can always do better. So just having teachers, you know, constantly do professional development. Um, so they are able to address the needs of each of their students um, for their success. Um, so, and I also think it's important to care about students' well-being beyond um, their grades. Um, I know that uh, I've had heard really sad stories about students who, you know, they had a really tough home life, but school was their one escape. And they loved going to that school because of, you know, the, they had their teachers and their friends there for them. So just um, teachers and your peers really make a world of difference. So, um, 
have like teachers having that, you know, um, relationship with their students where they've like the student feels trusted with them um, in a safe environment, I think um, that will help keep students around. Thank you very much, Lynn. And finally, that question goes to you, Nancy. Okay, um, when I see the question, declining school registrations at the pre-K and K levels and an aging population, um, school finance tied to attendance. So let me say this, um, our declining enrollment in Plano ISD is not due to demand for schools or a poor performing district. We're an A-rated district and have been since they've had the accountability ratings, whatever they are, we've always been at the top as well as financial management at the top. Um, but I will say the declining enrollment is due to reduced birth rates as compared to the birth rates for the classes that are graduating. So we're graduating larger class sizes than we are bringing in through um, kinder and pre-K. And quite frankly, this year due to the pandemic, that, those were the students we lost because they were at the early grade levels because parents said, I'm gonna keep them home. So I know that in 12 years, we are gonna have some of the um, best football players <laughs> because they'll be you know, bigger <laughs> than the other kids. I'm joking. But anyway, um, a couple of things. That, oh, I'm sorry, my coworker is barking. Um, <laughs> Pixie, no barking, okay? She's a seven pound koala mm. <laughs> and she's fierce. Okay, so what I would say though is because we recognize a declining enrollment, we need to go out and make sure that we are enrolling every pre-K and K student that we can. And that is so that they, we, we have to inform them that we're here because I think that we have a higher quality pre-K and K education than what they can find in a, a different scenario at, at a daycare. And so this year they've made a really cute um, play on words. They've got rock and roll, get it? E-N-R-O-L-L, -L. rock and roll kindergarten roundup this year. And amazing outreach is being done. We are partnering with Commit to get the word out. And COMMIT is a, a early years program that's uh, helping out in DISD and uh, some other districts. Um, we also, we talked about this last night at our board meeting. We would love to expand Head Start. Head Start is a program for three and four year olds for the most needy um, students in our district. And we currently only have 149 slots. We would love to increase that, but we're waiting on federal um, program expansion. But in the meantime, we could potentially expand our program to take six months to three year students in the Head Start program. So we're going to consider that. Um, and that, that is a, a, a way to expand our enrollment. And like you said, enrollment is tied to funding. So the more students we have, the more weighted average daily attendance we have. And we keep the, the, the lights on, if you will. Um, we need to continuous, continuously and assertively recruit eligible pre-K students. Um, and, and we go to um, daycare facilities and we talk to moms and dads there and we share with them what, because they may not know, they're new to the process, if you will, they don't have kids in the district yet, perhaps. And so we let them know about the wonderful programs that we have. And PISD serves all students within the standard course offerings. And um, I know that um, Lynn mentioned how great her experience was in Plano ISD. And we also have additional choices in education pathways, including PACE. We have IB primary years. We have the IB world school for four years in high school. We have um, the Plano Academy High School, and that is a STEAM science, techn science technology, engineering, 
arts and math because both sides of the brains are engaged there. Uh, we have the Health Science Academy and we partner with Collin College there and students can graduate with certifications. They can graduate actually with an associate's degree with their high school diploma. And um, the Plano ISD Industries Academy, which we're in partnership with Collin College Tech Campus, I was part of the uh, Advanced Industries Academy search um, program when we were working on that. And I'm very excited that we have those offerings. And I would love to let all of the parents in the um, district that have young children that haven't entered the, the school district yet, I want them to know about these amazing opportunities. And I have to say, I'm very proud that I was part of uh, the board when we brought in all of those academies. And I think that we're actually looking at an additional academy for virtual learning for the students that want that, not at all to force a hybrid model on anyone. Um, something that I'm doing personally as um, a member of the Education and Workforce Committee in Richardson Chamber, they've got an iDream program and that brings the seventh grade students to Collin College and they get to see careers that they might not have seen in their background. So these are the kinds of programs that I want parents to know that are available for free for their students. And that's how we will expand. We need to get the word out about how great Plano ISD is. Thank you very much, Nancy. So I would like to thank both of you for taking part uh, in this uh, candidate session today. And again, thank you for your energy and your excitement and the just you putting yourself in this position to uh, vie for everyone's votes. Um, so this is for place three for the PISD Board of Trustees and early voting will start April 19th and election day is May 1st. Thank you very, very much, Nancy. And thank you also, Lynn. Thank, thank you so you. much. <laughs> Thanks for everybody being here. Yeah. <laughs>